0: to minister it, and your people to listen to it. In the name of Jesus the Christ, our Savior, the Savior of the world, the light of the world, we worship you and thank you for it all. The people of the Lord said, Amen. Praise the Lord. in your Bibles tonight to 1 Kings chapter 4. Isn't that what pastor preached out of Sunday morning, 1 Kings? Okay, someone caught it. Let's go to 2 Kings then. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. I'm just going to read the whole thing once again. One day Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way... He would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband. I am sure that this is a man. I am sure that this man who stops him from time to time. Is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof. And furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. One day Elisha returned to Shunem. And he went up to the upper room to rest. He said to his servant, Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her we appreciate the kind consideration, concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her, as she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried, O man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the fallen year, she had a son, just as Elijah had said. One day when her child was older, he went out to help his father who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home, and his mother held him in her lap. But around noontime he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Then shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband. Send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today, he asked. It is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. But she said, it is well. So she saddled saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunah is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, with your husband and with your child? Yes, the woman told him, everything is fine. It is well. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled. But the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elijah said to Gehazi, Get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face. But nothing happened. There was no sign of life he returned to meet Elisha and told him the child is still dead when Elisha arrived the child was indeed dead lying there on the prophet's bed he went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord then he laid down on the child's body placing his mouth on the child's mouth his eyes on the child's eyes and his hands on the child's hands and he stretched out on him the child's body began to grow warm again Elijah got up, walked back and forth across the warm room once and then stretched himself out again on the child, this time the boy sneezed seven times and he opened his eyes then elisha summoned gehazi called the child's mother and he said and when the child and when and when she came to elisha and when she came elisha said here take your son she fell at his feet and bowed before him overwhelmed with gratitude then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs i, I want us to focus our attention on verse 10. Let's build a small room for him. On the roof. And furnish it with a bed. A table. A chair. And a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay. Whenever he comes by. I want to minister you tonight on this this right here. Housing the word. making it an inhabitants. A dwelling place inside of you for this word to abide. Now now in this time, Elisha, he was, the, he was the prophet of God. He was the voice of God in that day. He represented, when he spoke, he represented the word of God. There, there, was, there, was no, there was not a Bible in that day. There were some scrolls that Moses had wrote, but there was no Bible. And the prophets at that time, they were the word of God. They were the voice of God. So what she's pretty much telling her husband here in verse 10, we must make an inhabitants for God's word in our lives. She was saying we must make room. Let's let us house the word of God she was encouraging her husband she was saying listen I know that he's a holy man of God and I know that when he speaks I know that it's the voice of God so she's saying we have got to make room for the word of God to abide in our homes she said let us create a place that the word of God can abide where the word of God is comfortable I believe that God is calling the people of God to a place where they make the word of God comfortable in their lives he is calling us to a place that we create an atmosphere in our hearts where there's a hunger and there's a thirst that the word of God would speak over our words, amen. That the word of God would come forth above our opinions. And this woman got, had a craving within sight of her and a thirst within inside of her. And she told her husband, let's take our money, our money, and let us build a room for the word of God to live in. God wants the church to become one with His Word. Amen? God wants the body. God wants your home. God wants your marriage. God wants your finances to become one with the Word. She, I love what Dad said Sunday morning. She made him comfortable. Did she have to put all that stuff? No. A bed was fine. A lamp was fine. But then she brought a chair... In, And then she brought a table in. Why? So that he would never have to go anywhere else. So that he would never have to go anywhere else. We don't want God to have to leave our home and go somewhere else. Because there's no word there. Amen? We don't want God to have to leave our church because there's no word there. And she determined in herself, she said, as long as the man of God, as long as the word of God is in this town, he's going to stay in my house. She made the word very comfortable. We have to allow the word to become comfortable in our life, comfortable enough to get in our business. Because the word of God, we're fine with the word of God. But when pastor starts preaching against against what we believe, against our our, our beliefs, against what we want to do with our flesh, then it gets real uncomfortable. And when you invite someone into your home, then they're going to get in your comfort zone. (laughs) I had someone live with me for about the last year. And I had to put clothes on everywhere I went. It gets in your business. The word wants to get in your business. It wants to get in your home, amen? And she had, when they made a place for the word in her home, she realized she had to tell her husband, hey, there's some things that we may not be able to do anymore because it conflicts with the word of God. You have to allow this word to conflict with you. Amen? You have to allow to get in your business. You see, when you open your life up to the Word of God and you create an abiding place and an inhabitants for the Word of God, you have to remove all limitations. Amen? You can't say you can't go in this room, but you can just go in this room. You can't go in this closet. You can just go in this closet. Put your stuff in this closet. Watch this TV show. Say this. You can eat this. But you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do that. When you open up an inhabitants and you open up your home for the Word of God, you have to remove all limitations. God is calling the body of Christ to build a home, to build a place within inside of them that says there is no limitation. You can have my morning, you can have my night, you can have my evening, you can have my money, you can have my titles, you can have my education, you can have my children, you can have my marriage. Whatever you want, take it. Remove all limitations. The only way the word's comfortable in your life is when you're uncomfortable. The only way the word's comfortable in your life is when you're uncomfortable. It's not your home, but it's his home. You notice where she built it? She built it above them. She built it above them. In other words, I'm no longer King Kong in this house, you're King Kong. I'm no longer king of this house, you're king of this house. We must create an inhabitants in our hearts and our lives that the word of God can abide. That the word of God can flourish in. If this temple is not God's temple, then the word of God doesn't flourish, amen? If this isn't God's house, then the word of God won't flourish, if my finances aren't God's finances, they won't flourish. If my words aren't the word of God, then my words will not flourish. I'm not even going to get into 2 Kings chapter 8 like Pastor did Sunday morning. But let me just say this right here. If it wasn't for her building and inhabitants, a place for the word of God to abide, then there's no favor when the famine comes but it's because she extended her home and she built an addition in her home she didn't try to shove God into some box that she already had but she said I'm going to make a fresh place a fresh place for you to abide and when the storm came when the enemy came in like a flood God gave favor we must create it inhabitants that the spirit of God that the word of God can abide within it David in Psalms 132 and verse 3 through 5, he said, I'm not going home. And I'm not going to bed. And I'm not going to sleep. And I'm not going to rest until I establish a place for the God of Jacob, the God of Israel, to abide. I'm not going home. I'm not going to bed. I'm not going to rest. I'm not going to sleep until I create an inhabitants that the word of God can abide in. Let the church not be satisfied. Let the church not settle. I refu- refuse to let your marriage settle. Refuse to let your health settle. Refuse to let your children settle. And to the inhabitants of the word of God abides. Let me tell you something though. The word will only abide where it's trusted. The word will only abide where it's trusted. We must stir our trust and our faith up in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3 and 17 says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. In other words, he's not going to live inside of you if you don't trust in him. Can you imagine how break your heart, fathers and mothers, if your children didn't trust you to feed them? You mean I've never not fed you, never not given you clothing, and now you don't trust me all of a sudden? That break your heart, wouldn't it? My mom, me and her had a misunderstanding one time. And she may be right, I may be wrong. I don't know who is wrong or right. But anyways, it's fixed now. But she thought that I told her that I didn't need her anymore. It broke her heart. Broke my heart to know I broke her heart. How much more does Jesus love us? And if we don't trust his word... If we don't trust his word, then he won't abide. But I love what this woman said. She trusts the. Lord. She told her husband, "I am sure that this is a holy man of God. You can't just open up your home to anybody and trust them." But she was confident. This is a holy man of God. I am sure he is the voice of God. Listen, let the church take the word of God at face value. Amen. He said what he meant and he meant what he said. Amen. Let us take the word at face value. If God says yes, refuse to accept a no. She said, I trust that he is a man of God. Now let us build a place within our hearts, within our homes, within our lives that he can abide whenever he wants. There's not a time limit on when you can come. You come whenever you want. There's no limit. What's mine is yours, and what's his is ours. We must house this word. This word must be deep within inside of us, brother Mike. How do we stand against the enemy? How do I stand when the devil's attacking my marriage? How do I stand when sickness comes against my family? I'm housing the word. Let the word begin to bubble out of the church again. My God. Let the word begin to bubble out of the church again. Proverbs 7, 2 and 3 says, Obey my words and live. Guard my words as you guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. And write them deep within your hearts. We must make room in our lives for the word of God to live. We must become one with this word. Let the word, let this word, let our lives be flooded with the word of God. Let our lives be consumed with the word of God. Smith Wigglesworth, he said, I'll offer anybody, offer anybody a reward. If you can ever find me without my Bible, if you can ever find me without my word, I will offer you a reward. Let the church arise and say it's tied upon my finger. It's written down deep within my heart. And I know it. I obey it. I guard it like I guard my own eyes. Someone throws something to you, what are you going to guard first? You're going to guard your eyes. It's, it's, It's automatic. You guard your eyes. Guard the word. Refuse to let the word of God go. Allow the word of God to invade your life. Invade your marriage. Invade your finances. Invade your health. Invade your children. Invade this city. Allow the word of God to flow like rivers again. Man, I'm having fun. Let me tell you something. This word, this word, it is spirit and it is life. This is not some fairy tale. This is not some Hollywood movie. This thing can't be overturned, it can't be burned, it can't be demoted, it is everlasting. It's the first, the last, it's the beginning, it's the end, it's the alpha, it's the omega. This is the word of God and it will last. Put it in your homes and it will flourish, amen. Amen. They took the Ark of the covenant. They put it in Ichabod Ethan's house. And what happened for three months? The glory of God fell in the home. Put it in your home. And watch your home flourish. This will work. It will work. It will work. Amen. I've had marriage troubles. I know it works. I've had children problems. I know it works. I've had financial struggles. I know this thing works. She knew it worked. BJ, she knew it worked. And she built a room for it. The sword is spirit in its life. It's the bread of life. You hear me? It's the bread of life. The Israelites ate man in the wilderness, but they all died. But whoever whoever eats the bread from heaven shall never die but live forever. This word was in the beginning with God. And nothing was created except through this word. This word gave life to everything that was created. This word is the light. It is the light of the world. It shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The word is the fullness of God. It was the fullness of God living in a human body, Jesus Christ. This word is all fulfillment and all manifestation of all prophecy. This word is alive. It's quick. It's active, and it's powerful. And it's sharpening it double-edged sword. And it pierces and penetrates through soul, through spirit, through joint, through marrow, to the very intent of the heart. It is alive. It is working. We must house this word. We must delight in this word, and we must meditate on this word day and night. Get this word in your life. Get this word in your house. Get this word in your home. It is the foundation. I said it is the foundation. It is the foundation that when the storm comes, it will stand. When the winds beat, it will stand. When the devil lies, it will speak truth. My God. Hey, hey. We've got to walk with this word. Amen. Genesis 5, 23 and 24. Enoch lived 365 years. But 300 of those years he lived, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he just disappeared because God took him. What was he doing? Every day he woke up for 300 years and just walked with God. He just walked with the Word. He woke up and he said, okay, Word, what's on the agenda today? Wow. Wow. I dare you to wake up tomorrow morning and say, okay, Word, what's on the agenda today? I dare you about 9 o'clock, say, okay, word, what's on the agenda now? About 1 o'clock, okay, word, what's on the agenda now? And don't slip away. But when you get home at 5 o'clock, say, what's on the agenda now? When you lay your head down on your pillow at nighttime, say, what's on the agenda now? Walk walk this thing out. Amen? Let me tell you something. The word desires intimacy. It desires an intimate relationship with you. When we house the word, when we make room for the word in our life, when we free this word and we loose this word, when we free this word and we loose this word word to be itself, you know what happens? It goes deep. It goes deep. Changing what you can't change. And it touches what man can't touch. You need to be changed and you haven't been able to be changed, get this word. You need God to touch what man hadn't been able to touch. Get this word. When you get intimate with this word and you build a a, a place, you you build an abiding place for the word of God in your life, then it will begin to touch you and it'll begin to change you and begin to deliver you and begin to set you free. It goes deep. This word draws and this word woos. It woos the heart, the soul, and the strength of mankind into a depth. It woos us into a depth beyond what this world can offer. her and her family, when they built this home when they built this home, this room on top of their home for the word to abide, the prophet, the voice of God, the word began to take her deeper and deeper she went, listen she went from feeding the word to the word feeding her do you hear me? she went from her feeding the word a meal to the word feeding her deeper get that in your spirit come as close as you want amen there are no boundaries there are no limits you come absolutely as close as you want you get a hold of this word and there there, there is no stopping do you hear me There's no stopping of signs. There's no stopping of wonders. There's no stopping of miracles. There's no stopping of salvation. There's no stopping of power. There's no stopping of peace. There's no stopping of hope. There's no stopping of the anointing of God that can move. Come as close as you want. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 12 through 16. He said to his servant, Gehazi, Tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha sent Gehazi. Tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi. What can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again. Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her, as she stood in the doorway, next year, at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. I'm about to break down these scriptures here, and I'm going to show you how the word began to take her deeper. If you look in verse 13, Elisha, the voice of God, he doesn't speak to her, does he? He sends his servant to speak to her. So, Elisha, the voice of God, the word of God, doesn't directly speak to her in verse 13. But he has a servant to call her in and use the servant as a middleman. And the servant is a middleman. He goes to her and he says, Listen, is there anything we can do for you? Can we speak? Can we give a word to the king for you? Can we give a word to the commanders for you? Anything we could do for you will do for you. Many of us, we are satisfied to get a word from the servant, amen? Many of us are satisfied for the servant, the word of the, ser- the servant to come and speak to us on Sunday and Wednesday, right? It's good stuff, isn't it? But this one wasn't satisfied. In verse 13, the servant speaks to her. But in verse 15, the word of God speaks directly to her. The word here removes the middle man. He brought her face to face with the spoken word of God. He went from asking a question in verse 13 to prophesy and releasing the inspired word of God in verse 15 from his mouth. When we begin to build an inhabitants for the word of God to abide and we begin to allow the word of God to abide inside of us Then we begin to go deeper and deeper in his word And in verse 13 the servant speaks but in verse 15 the inspired word of God speaks to her The word takes her to a deeper level now in verse 15 she's going to keep going deeper She went deeper from verse 13 and into verse 15, but listen also what verse 15 says Now, verse 15 says that she was standing in the doorway. She was standing on the brink of being in his room. She had not quite crossed over yet into the secret place, into the chambers of where the word of God abided. So here she is. Here's the man of God and here's his room. And she stands here on the brink. And the man of God speaks to her and releases the prophetical word that God has spoken to her. That a year from now, you will hold your son. And she stands there on the brick in the doorway in verse 15. But the word is drawing us deeper. So she's in the doorway on verse 15. But then we see her again in verse 21. She passes through the doorway into the secret place, into the inner chambers of where the word of God abides. And lays her dead son on the bed of the man of God. So the word, what does it do? It keeps taking her deeper and deeper and deeper. She went from the servant speaking to her in 13. Then in 15, to the divine word of God. From the prophet speaking to her. And from standing in the doorway on the brink of breaking in supernatural on the brink of breaking into the chambers in the secret place of where the word of God abides to verse 21 to burst in it and taking her dead son and laying on the bed of the chambers in the secret place of where the word of God abides deeper the word of God just keeps taking you deeper and deeper and deeper she keeps going deeper He's not done When we house this word, when you house this word, you'll begin to see this word live in your life. God's drawing us to go deeper. You see, when you create an inhabitants for the word of God to abide in your life, that even when the enemy's lying... Even when the the devil, it seems like he's stealing and he's killing and he's destroying. But you still hold on the word of God. And you still say, we'll have family devotion. We'll still pay our tithes. We'll still give an offering. We'll still abide by the law and be obedient to the word of God. Then you will see the word of God move in your life. Oh man, that's awesome. Listen, she goes, now listen, she goes from hearing, she's going deeper, okay? She goes from hearing the word of God in verse 13. She hears the word of God in verse verse 13. She goes from hearing it to listening to the word of God in verse 15 and 16. I gotta use my notes because I just got this done today. She went deeper in her relationship with the word. She went from hearing the word To listen into the word. Listen. If we just hear this word, then we will miss it. In verse 13, the word was there. She could have asked for a son right then, right? Couldn't Couldn't she have said, well, hey, I'll tell you what you can do for me. I don't have a son. You can be a son. But she was not listening to the word. She was only hearing the word. And when you hear the word, you miss the word. But because of the persistency of the word, she got a second chance. Let me say that again. Because of the persistency of the word, because the word does not want you to fail, Elisha called the servant back in there and said, Go tell her, tell her to come back. What can I do for her? The word is persistently after you. My God, my God. Elisha said, What can we do for her? There has to be something. So she missed the word Because she was only hearing the word in verse 13. But when you listen to the word, when you listen to the word, you won't miss the word, but you will hold the word. When you listen to the word, you will no longer miss the word through hearing it, but you will hold the word. And so, in verse 15, in verse 16 and 17, this is what Elisha says, this time next year, you'll hold a son. In verse 17, and at this time, the following year, she had a son. She did not hear it, but she listened to it, and then a year later, she held the promise. My God, she was going deeper. She only had a seed she only had a promise some of you say all I got is a seed All I got is a prophetical word But when all you got is a seed if you water with with the word of god It will grow into a tree of righteousness all she had was a word Was a seed but though it tarry wait for it for it will surely come the word of god will not lie A year later she was holding the prophetical promise Many of us, all we have is a sea, but God's saying there's a prophetical promise fulfilled on the way. Hey, let the word go as deep as it wants. Amen. Taste and see that this word is good. She tasted the word in verse 15 and 16, she tasted the words. Came from the prophet's mouth She tasted from the voice of God Then she's seen the word of God Work in 17 If you taste this word You trust this word Then you will see this word Become life And manifest it inside of you Why? I'm going to tell you why Because he's watching over the word To see that it's fulfilled I'm not I'm just going to preach tonight And have fun doing it But I'm not going to watch over it Because I don't have to He is. I don't have to watch over your marriage. He is. I don't have to watch over your children. He is. I don't have to watch over your health. He is. I don't have to watch over your today and tomorrow. I don't have to watch over your next year because he is. My God, if he speaks a word that he don't forget it and he watches over it and he cannot lie. Let every man be a liar, but let God's word be true. Amen. Let me tell you something, when you house the word of God, there are no limits. When the word of God is inside your house, then all limitations are taken off. No limits, no boundaries. I see increase all around us. No limits, no boundaries. I see increase all around this church. No limits, no boundaries. I see increase all around this house. Why? Because the word of God Where the word of God is housed Where the word of God abides Then all limitations are removed Even perfection has its limits But God's word has no limitations I've done slobbered all over my screen The word removes all limitations Elisha's servant said She doesn't have a son And her husband is an old man. The natural law says no, right? She doesn't have a son, and her husband's an old man. So the natural law says no. But when the word is abiding inside of you, the law of the spirit has a tendency to speak up. Do you hear me? When the natural law says no, when the word abides inside of you, then the supernatural law, the word of God, has a tendency to speak up. And the word of God spoke up at this time. Call those things that aren't as though they were. Get her back in here. I have a word for God that is within inside of me it 's time for the church to open up their mouths and let the Word of God flow. There is no limit. Call those things that aren't as though they were. There are no limits to what God can do he's the Messiah. man, this is awesome. prophesy. Declare the inspired Word of God over your dry bones. Can these bones live? Only you know will prophesy and watch the Word of God work. There are no limits. There's miracles in this word. There's healing in this word. There's peace in this word. There's hope in this word. There's salvation in this word. There's life in this word. There's joy. There's love in this word. There's restoration in this word. There's fresh fire in this word. There's living waters in this word. And there are no limits in this word. If you're having problems in your home. You're having problems in your marriage. You're having problems in your spiritual walk. You're having problems in your prayer time. You're having problems in your finances. You're having problems in your health. Then I dare you to go home and build a room. I dare you to go home and sell a square footage in your home. And say, this is the word. The word's room. This is the word's room. Only the word abides here. Woo. Let me tell you something. The word Spoke to the barren womb and said, No more limits. Isaiah fifty four, one through thirteen. One through three. It's eight seventeen, I'm gonna preach to eight thirty and stop. single O barren woman, you who have never given birth, break into a loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Listen to this. Single barren woman. Enlarge your house, church. Enlarge your faith, church. Enlarge your expectancy, church. Be Spread out your home. And spare no expenses, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. When you house the word, there are no limits. It's time for the barren womb to sing again, amen. Praise the Lord. This woman knew the word. She trusted the word. We must know this word, amen. Amen. She took her dead son and laid him on the bed of a man of God and she shut the door and left him there. It's time that we quit shutting the door and reopening and going back in and checking on it. Amen? You hear me? Once you shut the door and it's in there with the word, you don't have to reopen the door ever again. Amen? Once the door's shut and it's with the word of God, you don't have to worry about it. This woman never, she didn't worry about it. She took that boy, she put him on the bed of the man of God, she shut the door, and all she could say is, it is well. <laughs> it is well. You've got a dead son at home. What do you mean it is well? You can't pay your mortgage. Your marriage is on the rocks. Your kid's strong, out on drugs. What do you mean it is well? I put it in the room of the word of God, and I shut the door on it. Shut the door on it, amen. I said, shut the door on it and leave it in the presence of Almighty God. Listen, when you know the Word and when the Word lives in your home, you can still walk by faith not be moved by your sight and moved by your emotions, amen. You are not moved by what you see. You are not moved by what you feel. You are not moved by the doctor's report. But you are simply moved by what you believe. Those who love the word, those who house the word, have great peace. And they do not stumble and fall. 2 Kings 4 and 30. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives, you yourself live. I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elijah returned with her. You have to refuse to be separated from the word. Amen you have to refuse to relent. This was the voice of God. This was the man of God. And she came to him and she said, Hey, listen, you can send your servant. You can send your staff, but I want you and I'm not going home unless you go with me. Refuse church. I will not go home unless you go with me. Refuse to be separated from the word. Let a spirit of Ruth arise within us in Ruth 116. Ruth replied to Naomi. I won't, I won't turn back. wherever you go. I go wherever you live I live. Your people will be my people and your your God will be my God. Refuse to be separated. She refused to be separated. She had built a home. She had built a house. She had built a room for the word of God to abide. And she had dedicated this home shall be the home of the Lord's. Refuse. Refuse to turn back on this word refuse to compromise I said refuse to compromise the devil is constantly lying to you about your marriage the devil is constantly lying to you about your health the devil is constantly lying to you every time a truth comes forth from this pulpit the devil comes and lies she said I will not go home unless you go with me I refuse to live without the word that's what she said I refuse to live without the word in my home Refuse to live without the word. The word, this word, it wants to become one with you. You hear me? It wants to become intimate, an intimate relationship with you. Listen, you see me, you see the word. You hear me, you hear the word. Amen? Let that be said about you. You see them, you see the word. You hear them speak, you hear the word speak. 2 Kings 4, 32 and 35. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And as he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm. Elijah got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time, the boy sneaked seven times and opened his Eyes. This man of God that represented the Word of God, he covered this boy. He stretched his body that was consumed. With the word of God. He was the prophet of God. He was consumed with the word of God. And he stretched his body. Consumed with the word over this bo- over this lifeless dead body. Mouth to mouth. Eyes to eyes. And hands to hand. He covered this dead boy in the word. The word. The man of God that was consumed with the word. The man of God that was the voice of God. The word became one with this boy. You can no longer see the boy. All you could see was the word. If you walked into that room, you would no longer see the boy. All you would see was the prophet, the voice of God, stretched out across this boy. Mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, and hands to hand. He stretched himself out over this dead, lifeless body. And this body, because of the word of God that abided within him, the power of God that abided within Elisha, this body began to grow warm. Let this word be stretched out over your life. Become one with this Word. You look in the mirror you see the Word. You get in your car the Word gets in the car with you. You communicate with your spouse the Word communicates with your spouse. You discipline your children the Word disciplines your children. The Word Wants to become one with the body, amen? The Word wants to become one with the body. He covered Himself. Mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, and hands to hands. But the good thing about the Word is the body just grew warm. The Word refuses to let us go until the work is finished and the work is complete, amen? The Word refused, refuses... To stop coming in this church. Stop coming to your life until it's fulfilled until it's finished. The child's body had just grown r- warm. But the word refused to stop here. Elijah covered the boy once more. Mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, and hands to hand. He stretched himself out, Cover him with the word of God. And the boy sneezed seven times and his eyes came open. Seven times. Seven times he sneezed. Representing completion, fulfillment. The word always completes and the word always fulfills. Amen. And the word always restores. The word always puts it back the way it was. The word always puts it back. Elisha told the servant, he said, call her in here. And he called the lady in there, the mother in there. And he restored the child back to this mother. We must house the word, amen. Let us pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you that you have opened up your word to us tonight. And I pray that God, we would just be challenged. I pray that we would be challenged, God, to go deeper and deeper and deeper in your word. I pray that God, we would be challenged to house your word. I pray that we would be challenged to build and create a place that you can inhabit, a place that you can abide in our hearts, in our mouth, in our marriage, in our finances, in our health, in our prayer time, in our study time, in our Sundays, our Mondays, our Tuesdays, our Wednesdays, our Thursdays, our Fridays, and our Saturdays. Every moment of our life, we we put no limits on you. But this is your house, this is your temple, and this is the temple that you should abide in. Let it be clean. Let us trust in you. God, I pray right now that you would come and abide in each and every one of us. I pray that you would come and abide and manifest your character, manifest your finish, your complete work in this house, in this church. With no limits, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you tonight, Son of God, Messiah, the living word. We trust you. I pray that you go with your people, that you protect your people, and that you would draw your people to a closer walk with you, to a walk of joy. Restore the joy of your people's salvation, that they may see you in a whole new light. In the name of Jesus Christ, we declare, we believe it, and we ask it. And the people of the Lord said, amen. Praise God. Thank you for your being here tonight. God bless you. You are dismissed.